are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. How's it going, dinglings? Thank you for joining the Bad Christian Podcast. Yet another week. If you have a big brotherly nickname you'd like me to call y'all, send it in at hashtag BCPod on Twitter. Or any other comments or thoughts or anything else you'd like to hear on the podcast, send it in at hashtag BCPod. All right, like I told you some weeks ago, we got a ton of stuff going on. We just wrapped up the King's Kaleidoscope pre-order for their new record. Very successful. Sold out of a bunch of stuff. Just put in the order for the vinyl. Thank you, everybody, for supporting that. Now, are you ready for the next big thing? Because let me tell you what it is. It's the Classic Crimes new album, What Was Done, Volume 1. This album also will be out in the fall. We just got the masters back. It sounds incredible. You're going to love it. It's going to be available to pre-order on Amazon as a physical CD. You can pre-order on iTunes as a digital download. And we're going to have a special pre-order from uh, Bad Christian BC Music where you can get an autographed copy of the CD and even the t-shirt if you've missed the Kickstarter campaign. And yes, this is a very promotional intro of this uh, episode today, but that's because we got a lot going. And the last thing I want to tell you about is our new ebook we have coming out. It's called The M Word Real Stories from Women About Sex Addiction, Masturbation, and Porn. And these are real stories that girls sent in to us uh, telling us what's going on in their life. And we thought it might be helpful to share the kind of emails and, and stories that people send us very often, especially on this topic. And so what we try to do is make all this stuff free or what we say is pay what you want. So if you think our ebooks or our podcast is worth something to you, then we ask you to go to our podcast page, click the contribute button, and uh, select an amount. Like maybe a dollar a month would be nice or five dollars or uh, five million dollars a month. Any of that would be helpful as the Bad Christian Podcast is listener-supported. Let's do it. Here we go. Huck Dove. What? Hit it, Joey. This is the Bad Christian Podcast. This is the Bad Christian Podcast. This is the Bad Christian very good, very good, fellas. Thank you for another original beatbox there. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast, everybody. We are cruising through uh, the summer right into fall. Uh, fall means a lot of good things. I've talked about some of them before, but it means we have an Emory tour coming up. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We've got Craig Gross on the show today. Craig is the founder of Triple X Church and X3 Watch. Nobody even asked me about my countdown. Oh, what about your countdown? Well, I said three words that Devin Shelton, our our uh, old singer of Emory, came realized that if you say the word dove or and the word huck, H-U-C-K, and the word what in a certain order, it sounds like this. What dove huck? So it's a t-shirt idea that Devin had previously yeah. to write the, the words what dove and hook on a t-shirt and just let Doesn't people everybody know that and no, it, I think no Devin I think Shelton's Devin's the one that came up with it now, he came up with what dove hook yeah no yeah. i'd never heard it before until Devin said hey i thought of this no yeah i promise you yeah you've I just heard of it you. because we say a lot because Devin came up with it but it is like that board wow. game what's the board game that, that you play like that where you say the words and you read it out and it says i am we tall did 
It's that oh, kind yeah. of thing. I think it's called shits and giggles. No, that's not what it's called. Mad no. Gab. What Dove, uh, Mad Gab, Mad? but yeah. what yeah. Dove Huck is not in the game. Devin made that up. <laughs> Devin's brilliant. <laughs> He's very smart. So it's copyrighted. You can hear right here, right now. The year's twenty. What is it? Fourteen. Yeah. If some, if you see a T-shirt floating around, Devin Shelton is owed royalties on it. Now, for, mo sure. for moral reasons, he decided not to start the T-shirt companies. <laughs> <laughs> but if somebody else does start it, they do owe Devin a thing. So I think that's what pr one thing we should use this podcast for: is to put our ideas out there in a copyrighted way. Um, that way, that we'll have proof of it if people always, you know, ever steal our ideas. So. Also, I realize that I have a ton of ideas, and I can't get them all out there. I don't have time to achieve them all. So maybe what we can do is just throw out good ideas for businesses and stuff like that, like my marriage insurance idea. And yeah. uh, if people do it, then we can either sue them or come to terms with them later, and we can actually profit from ideas that we've had, and we can use the podcast for this. So here's one for you all today. Okay. Um, you know how when you're in traffic and you change lanes, there's this obligation to wave at the person? Yes. You know, you got to give them the two fingers up or you wave your hand just so they know that you know that they let you in or whatever that is. Well, yeah. I, I can't stand doing that. I don't need – anybody wants to get in front of me, I can let them. I don't need from that person personally to uh, an acknowledgement. I don't know okay. the person. It doesn't matter. I don't get anything. I do not need you all out there to acknowledge me for some kindness thing I did by allowing you in front of me. You just move on, and I'll move on. However – I realize that most people do want that or feel like they get gypped if somebody doesn't wave and thank them for letting them in or whatever. So Yeah, I like it. I actually enjoy that. But go ahead. Well, what do you get out of it? I like that they acknowledge, hey, man, you didn't have to let me in, but you did. That's, yeah, pretty, that's it's pretty like, cool. It's like people, Matt, you you don't experience this because you don't have normal people connections. Okay, like there's no, you don't have a different. connection with that person is what I'm saying. You do not you have just, a connection with just, the person. You just established one. I'll, as you don't, surface uh, as it with is, the back Matt, of their head? Matt, listen to this. There, when my freshman year of college, I had the same walk every single day of class. And she was a freshman. I was a freshman. We were both brand new. I never knew her name. But for the whole year, we walked by each other. And I said, hi. And she said, hi. For the next three years at Winthrop, I would say hi to her. And she would say hi to me. And we had a connection that when we were both freshmen, we were connected in a way what, of just saying hi. What does you being a stalker and a creep have to do with my traffic <laughs> thing I'm talking about? Okay, so <laughs> what I'm saying is that's the shallowest thing. You literally see the type, the person drives a Honda Element and they have brown hair, and then they wave their hand to you, and you feel like, oh, you f get a good feeling about something that means absolutely nothing. Anyway, I will willingly acknowledge that as society as a whole, people like that behavior, so they do it. I hate having to do it, and I don't need it. That's just for me. But since people care about it, I find it very uh, silly that you have to do that physical thing and then hope they see you as your window tenant or whatever. So hear, hear me out here. LED lighting technology is now very uh, cheap, prevalent. cheap, prevalent, easy, and effective. So what I'm going to have is a little uh, wireless keychain-style button that, you, that will attach to your steering wheel just that your thumb can push a, tight, a little button. This, th this thing should retail for about 40 bucks, 30 bucks, And then in, the, in your rear window is a suction cup uh, LED display that has a basic, basically either customizable or we can have different ones we sell. sell. So it would be a standard thing. It's like a green LEDs, and it's like a thumbs up or a wave sign. So you, put, you don't have to move your hand off the or steering wheel. Or a bird. No, well, you could have a bird too. But there's a lot of things you could do with this, but the technology is cheap enough and easy enough now to where anybody could do this. And then you would 
push the button, and then illuminating in your back windshield would be the hand wave. And then, obviously, you could customize it, and then people would really start to like it, like they like the thing where you have the stick figures of your family. It would be in that space on, on your thing, and it'd be a little identity thing, and you could customize how you thanked people or what the graphic was on there. And then every time you, somebody lets you over, you just push that little button. So anybody wants to make that, you know, just tip me out on it. I thought about, like, what if you could just, like, if you had a big old truck and then, like, right under um, the hitch or something, you could just have, like, a big old pair of balls hanging down. No, they already that. have that, Toby. <laughs> oh, they do? Somebody beat me to that? That's yep. weird. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody actually came up with that before me. Dang it. Shoot. Like, just like a big old pair. You're telling me that there are trucks riding around the country. and they have just big, a big old, old pair, pair of balls. Yeah, they already have that. Well, crap. That, you know, maybe they already have my idea. Damn too. it! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the other thing I wanted to say that's irritating me lately, and I'm glad because fall is here because I can. I've been wearing shorts for the past, I don't know, few weeks because it's been kind of hot here in Seattle, which I don't like to wear shorts. Um, and something has really stuck out to me, and that is that people, you know, you know how it's mean. Like if you saw uh, like a fat person and you went up to them and said. Man, you sure do have flabby arms. That would be, yeah. I guess, not okay to say, right? Yeah, it'd be hurtful. Yeah, it'd be hurtful. Like, you wouldn't do that. If you went up to somebody and said something about the way their skin looked or the color of it and made fun of it, wouldn't that right. be bad? Yeah, it'd be terrible. I would never want to do that, any kind of right. skin so, color jokes or so bad jokes. So, if you want to make, you don't make fun of somebody's skin color, nor the, let's just say, how large the size of their body parts are to, to joke, right? Right, you just don't do that. You just don't do it. And so same with, I mean, especially women and other races. I know those marginalized uh, people and, and stuff like that. So I, I get that, and I'm totally down with it. Now, here's what blows my mind. How come if you're a skinny white man, it's acceptable for people no holds barred to come up to you and make fun of your skinny white legs? <laughs> Why is that okay? I think it's just funny, and, and you shouldn't really take that much offense to it. Okay. I think, well, I think that's what people think. Now, yeah, I know, but I'm saying true, this, it, you don't make fun of anything in the world except for that, no holds barred. Everybody that ever sees my legs is going to stop me, strangers, people I don't know, and say, hey, you got those chicken legs. Or, uh, yeah, but you know. I, think culture, I think culture, for the most part, wants to be skinny. Nobody so wants my legs. I'm just saying that is a thing that what, there's no holds barred. It's all out. Yes. You make say whatever you want to to a skinny there's white person's legs. There are some fat people that would love your legs, for sure. No doubt in my mind. Well, I think the other thing is, too, Matt. Well, how is that okay is what I'm saying. And, of course, it doesn't really bother me, but, well, you know, go I, figure. I, I'm going to start making fun of chicks with hairy arms. or So is it arms and legs we can make fun of? Like, what is it? Hey, flabby arm. <laughs> I bet you're glad as fall and put the coat back on. I think there's just certain things that culture has taught us not to make fun of. Like, for example, you guys brought up the point um, – where if the guy, if the owner of the Redskins changes the name to the Rednecks, no one's going to be bent out of shape. Nobody. And that's because we've been taught that it's okay to dog white people. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? We're the majority. Yep. So why is it a bad thing? Yeah, people would I, say it's the issue of privilege, but skinny white men legs, is that a position of privilege? I don't know. I, don't I just don't think enough uh, people with skinny legs really complain that much. It's just like, yeah, I got skinny legs. Well, I got whatever. tattoos on my calves to try to like even cover it up or make <laughs> them look a little bit better. But the problem is that just they just stick out even more because the tattoos. And the other problem is it hurt really bad on that spot. So I got two tattoos on each, one big one on each calf, and you know I'm not going to get any more because it doesn't work and it's really painful and expensive. Hey, uh, 
Matt, Toby and I have like a kind of a hot spot uh, at the mall where we take our kids, you know, to get them out of the house. It's like this little playground area. Priscilla yep. and I use it a lot to, you know, nice little things for them to climb around. Um, I haven't told Toby this either, but the germ uh, factory, that's what I call yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. But I have, uh, you know, two girls, two boys. Now, my two boys, they're just so, so different. My oldest one, he's, he, you know, he grew up with idolizing his two sisters. So he's way more, um, he's not as aggressive and just way more kind and just, just more artistic. And I'm not even saying all that's attributed to his sisters, but he's, he's just not an abrasive, um, rough boy like my youngest boy is. And so I'm starting to relearn things. Like I was there, uh, the other day and this kid stepped up to Waylon who's my youngest and basically Waylon had a ball the kid came up and just jerked it out of his hands and I've never had to experience this before which I think Toby you have experienced this with Ike but I sat there and I started thinking young man you don't know <laughs> what you're messing with <laughs> like my son may beat your ass right yeah. now like I've never experienced that with William with William I could always just relax have a sigh of relief. Well, William's not going to try to destroy this kid, but I'm thinking to myself, please don't step up to Waylon because he is a little messed up and he, he could punch, but he, he actually just <laughs> kind of let it slide up. and everything. But uh, it's crazy, man, just how different your kids could be. But Toby and I joke around about this all the time, but Ike and Waylon, man, they are, uh, they probably shouldn't go to the same school. I don't think so. Yeah, it's just a, I can't believe it that I, you know, Jess and I were having a great life. We got married. We fell in love. <laughs> then the <laughs> kid thing happened. Everything was going good. I mean, we could do whatever we wanted. And then one day we said, hey, you know what? Let's ruin let's, it. Let's create a <laughs> human. Let's create a human that can make me do this. You better lay down in your bed right now, and you better not say another <laughs> word and wake up your little sister. If you wake up your little sister, I'm coming here, and I'm taking your blanket. You didn't know that you were going to create a being that would cause you to scream with well, the teeth I, how closed. How can I not know? I saw my dad with clenched teeth tell me to stop. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> a bunch of times. And and then I thought, I thought no, I'm not going to be that way. I'm going to create a human. They're going to be awesome, and they'll love me, and they'll listen. That doesn't happen. Why is it so much more intimidating to talk with your teeth closed? How I've always <laughs> it was it is my it dad is. is it scared me my dad would clench his teeth so I am mad pain. at you right now but if I were to open my mouth you can't even <laughs> yeah. imagine how much <laughs> but, would happen but you're clenching your teeth and you're like tightening your lips like <laughs> 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 like when, when my dad would do that I I mean I might as well run <laughs> I can't wait for the day that I do what but I, my parents did that I always thought was the funniest most awesome thing is to. When I reach my hand to the back seat and swat as hard as I can at air oh, to try I know. to, <laughs> <laughs> you just jack your legs yeah. towards the window. <laughs> yeah, and just reach my hand to the back seat and just swing my arm as hard as I can and hope I make contact with the with the flesh of my children. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, we're like Matt said, we're having um, Craig Gross on here, and uh, Matt, I was telling Toby um, Sunday. You know, I'd listened to the Lecrae episode, and I mean, I was just being honest. I, I think you have to be open with friends, and it's just helpful for me to be able to articulate what's going on in my head. But I was just like Toby, I was like, I don't like, I don't like the stuff that's on there. Like, you know, uh, if you haven't heard the episode, when Toby, myself, and Matt were on tour, um, I looked at some bad pictures online, uh, pornographic in nature. 
And uh, I mean, I was just I was just telling Toby, I was just like, man, there's no way of getting around it that we believe in what we're doing, but I can't get away from the fact that I don't like that that's on there. Do you mean you wish you hadn't said it? No, I wouldn't. Like I told Toby, I wouldn't have had it any other way because it's the right thing to do. But there's no way of getting away from my human nature to the point where it does not bother me. You know what I'm saying? Like what, what bothers you specifically? I'd like to know further. Just the the sinful nature of my part uh, of of myself thinking, yeah, I don't want people to know that I messed up in that. Yeah, area. but l- yeah, I that's what I'm interested wa- in. I don't like want my wife to be uncomfortable, even though obviously I talked to her about it. But I still, I'm just like, yeah, I would have loved not to have made that mistake. And uh, honestly, I I don't know if I would have even brought it. I mean, how this all came about, if I don't know if y'all remember, but we were doing the Bad Christian deal after the Emory concert, and it wasn't a recorded live podcast, but someone in the crowd, you know, who was really in tune to our podcast said, hey, how's y'all's Triple X Church reports going? X3 and I could Watch, have e- you mean? Yeah, X3 Watch, and I could have easily said, oh, mine's clear, but I knew that wouldn't be the honest thing. I knew that I had looked at stuff on my phone that did not come up because at that point in time I had not signed up for the uh, mobile device sort of thing. So I knew I was just like, well, I could either – go against everything that we talk about at Bad Christian and encourage others to do and lie right now to save face, or I can just be honest. And so then once I did that, then I knew that I was probably going to bring it up the next time we talked about accountability and stuff. But (laughs) Toby, yet again, says the most profound, simplest statement. He's just like, yeah, you know why? You don't like it? He's like, because nobody would. And uh, that's why nobody's going to talk about it. And, you know, that's why... You know, there's there's too much hush hush and there's not enough openness and everything. But it's well, not easy like explaining your weaknesses or talking about them. And here's one of the big reasons why nobody wants to do it because if somebody starts doing that, then you're gonna have to too. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I mean, like even going to that uh, festival, uh, I, I said this to some friends, but I talked with a guy afterwards, and I mean, because we we set a tone when we were at when we were at Joshua Fest when we did the Bad Christian set. Um, we, I felt like we set a tone of I being vulnerable and open and honest and for Joey to share something like that I even it caused me to share a little bit my own weakness in that area too that led another guy that came came up to me and we talked about how he looks at pornography and and the things that happen in him because there was no way he wasn't going to at that point because he's like well they just said it in front of three four hundred people why would I now uh, meeting this guy face to face lie about it and so I think that's the thing but it's scary because if somebody really is honest that that tempts you into being honest too and then you find out, oh, it's not as a pretty a picture as I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the 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 thing about it that's interesting to me is that the counter argument to why you should or shouldn't share is always these really weird uh, and safe ones. And what, what it would go along the lines like this: Well, Joey, the reason, or if it was not you, but somebody else said, well, the reason I didn't want to share is because I didn't want to cause other people to think it was okay or to right. s- cause them to stumble. And uh, I mean, I think that. The facts are that it's completely the opposite of that because it's not something obviously that you celebrate, and it I don't think that causes other people to necessarily do it or yeah. say it's okay. And, and even if it does, even if it did cause somebody else to go, oh wait, pastors look at porn, maybe I will too. Even if that was caused, that's not on you, and that's no reason to hide, and that's no reason to lie. Even if yep. that is true. If so, it's a ramification of what you already did. Like, you don't want your wife to be embarrassed. You don't want your congregation to suffer. You don't want your podcast numbers to go down. Well, if those are the consequences, then they are already right. the consequences. And then another sin is to hide it. 
Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, rather interesting, too, that, uh, you know, Lecrae was not a part of that conversation, and yet the interview portion with him um, after our uh, initial conversations that included what we're talking about right now, Lecrae talked about how transparent he wants to be, and he said specifically because it disarms people to have the same level of, yeah, I, I mess up in that area as mm-hmm. well, so... Um, I'll tell you what's crazy, man, is um, let, let me know. take a sp- one second there and tip the hat to our sponsor, X3 Watch, while you're speaking about that. X3 Watch is the uh, software that we use on our computers and mobile devices. I would say it's the premier software. It's the premier software. It's what we use to monitor uh, our own browsing habits and each other's and to block material that we don't want to look at. And uh, it's it's a very good program. It has a ton of features and things that you can do with it. But basically, it's a very, very cheap, very affordable. Um, there's a free version, and it will help you if there's things that are pornographic in nature or anything like that that you're trying to avoid looking at. You can go to x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian, and you will get half off of it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so definitely worth it. It's only a few dollars, and uh, it's worth it. Yeah, and here, you know, here's why it's so necessary, too, is, I mean, this just shows how much uh, the culture has changed with technology. When I was in college, you know, just just so, uh, I, Toby and Matt, I don't even know if y'all really know my story, but I mean, I really went through major, major lust, um, masturbation, and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're gross. Pornographic sort of things that honestly I didn't even really have access to, but my main struggle well, this was, was before you were a Christian. You weren't a Christian. No, yet, right? this was like seventh grade. I was a Christian. No, you weren't. You couldn't have been a Christian and be doing that. Eighth grade, ninth grade. I would say seventh, eighth, and ninth grade were the worst times of all that stuff. Seventh grade, you were eleven. No, seventh grade, I was twelve. <laughs> I'm like, good lord, no. So twelve. I was twelve. So twelve is when you was that like your first for just continue uh, just ongoing lustful thoughts. I mean, just Foray. yeah. I mean, it was it was unbelievable, and I feel like for some reason God wanted me to go through that at a at an earlier age to where by the time I met Toby, um, I would say maybe three or four times a year I would really mess up in that area. But for the most part, it wasn't. Quarterly. It, it Quarterly. Wasn't, ho- yeah. Quarterly binge. Right. It wasn't habitual um, like it was when I was in middle school. But here, here's why X3 Watch is so important. Listen to what I had to do to get my hands on porn. Toby, I knew you at the time. I had to leave my dorm room, right. walk all the way downstairs or take the elevator, find my car, which was probably way down the road because of the parking, actually drive a little bit out of town because I didn't want to go into a gas station in Rock Hill and actually say, hey, I'll, I'll have one of those magazines back there when the dude in my English class is right behind me who knows that I'm a Christian. So I had to drive out of town a little bit, then pay $15 out of my college money for this magazine and then take it all the way. I mean, that's that's a lot of effort. So yeah, yeah. And, then, and then after that old-fashioned feeling pass you threw it away you ripped, <laughs> exactly you, it, you didn't keep it for exactly because you're just like well i really messed up i don't want this around anymore and and you inevitably I mean, had to stock stop at krispy kreme on the way back so that's twenty dollars <laughs> at this point it was really funny it's kind of funny because it's like in the old days right. i had to walk uphill both ways and i had to go to a, <laughs> a gas station outside town to buy just, my pornography. just to look at some movies yeah there's a weird trucker there and i had to look him in the eye <laughs> 
Someone did tell me, though, that uh, X3 Watch does a great job, but um, someone needs to come out with a notification uh, system to where when one of us, like, scans our debit card at McDonald's for a Big Mac, someone gets an immediate email saying, <laughs> Toby Morrell just got a Big Mac at 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? I, I'm being honest right now. I think I, – I remember one specific time where uh, I was at – I. I turned 18, so I knew I could buy pornography, and I went to a gas station in the middle of nowhere, Greenville, to, and I was like, I'm going to buy cigarettes and a porn mag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like a playgirl. A, a playgirl, play yep. Yeah, playgirl. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the other one? What's Playboy, penthouse. No, no, no penthouse, penthouse, sorry. Penthouse? I was going to buy a pinball. It's a, it's a weird <laughs> magazine, boy. So I was going to buy a penthouse, and I honestly was just too nervous. <laughs> I, bought cig- I bought cigarettes, but, you know, they, had, they used to have I, – I, they might still do. I, I hadn't seen it in a while, but it probably does. Uh, just the magazines were behind the counter, you right. know, and they were yeah, kind of yeah. covered up. Yeah, it was shameful. And uh, I chickened out, and I don't think I ever actually bought pornography. But, man, when that internet came, <laughs> uh, all the porn that I could ever hope for was right there. You know what's funny? We've, we've mentioned our good friend Ben Huntington before. Well, I probably shouldn't say this. <laughs> no, this doesn't incriminate Ben. Uh, I came home one day to our apartment. Myself, our good friend Derek Payne, and Ben, me, and <laughs> Joey, and uh, Ben said, "Hey, uh, somebody's been looking at porn on my computer." Did he? Re- I don't yeah, remember yeah, this. I, I, re- I remember this because I was like, I did. <laughs> 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 I remember I did for sure. And I, I looked at Ben and I, and I was like, I did not do it, man. I don't know. I think maybe was, I said maybe it was Derek. I said, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe you looked at something you forgot. Or something. I don't think it was Joey, but maybe I said it was not me. And I'll for sure. I don't know if I was the only one, but I for sure lied. And it was me. <laughs> hey, we've been. Uh, now I'm laughing. I guess that's kind of a terrible thing. Sorry, Ben. I lied to you if you're listening to this. We uh, we've been tossing around uh, people's names from our past and everything, and I I didn't stop to think that now these people are grown up. They have professional jobs, and there's a good number of people listening to this podcast. I had someone tell me at a uh, birthday party recently that I told a very incriminating story about them, and they said, yeah, y- y- you said my first and last name, and then you continued on with the story, and I'm thinking, Joey, please don't, Joey, please don't, Joey, please, <laughs> please, <laughs> and he said, finally, when I said it, he was just like, I can't believe that, and I I told him, I was like, I said, man, I'm really, really sorry. I did not even think about that. He's just like, nah, it, it's really okay. He said, but at the time, I thought, that's just not cool. <laughs> the funniest part that. about that is if you're listening to it, you're saying, Joey, please don't. Joey, please don't. You know that it's already out there and everybody else has already heard it. Like, it's not. <laughs> 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 that's great. People love that. Uh, I mean, I think people think that our podcast is so huge that it's going to incriminate them, yeah. and they're going to be brought down right. with us. It's like, like the new Facebook. People check the Bad Christian <laughs> podcast before hiring people. <laughs> do people actually think that, though? Like, hey, man, that's, that's scary if I'm friends with the Bad Christian guys because, I mean, they, they, they talk it's a lot like of shit it. about themselves. <laughs> Are they going to start talking shit about me? All right, speaking of college and, and uh, doing good and looking at porn and just living the dreams, uh, we're going to take a break and we'll bring up old friend Craig Gross. All right, in case somehow you guys missed it, the famous rock band Emory is in fact going on tour just in a couple of weeks with Norma Jean, Artifacts Pareo, and Night Versus, kicking off September 25th in Chicago and then looping down most of the East Coast. Now, what's special about this tour is Emory will be doing an acoustic special 
VIP only set with a totally different set list than we'll be playing that night in the rock set. So you definitely want to be a part of it. You can find out more information and get your tickets at emoryvip.com. So go there right now, get your tickets. They're still available, and it's pretty special. We've never done this before, but we're playing a special set just for those VIP ticket holders inside the venue. You'll get in early. Come hang out with us. We'll see you all really soon. And we're back. All right. Thank you, Toby. We're here with the one and only, or the only, as Norm MacDonald says it, Craig Gross, who is the founder of Triple X Church, and X3 Watch is his deal. Craig has a book out. Uh, Craig's got a bunch of books out, but he has one coming out right now called Go Small, because God doesn't care about your status, size, or success, published with Thomas Nelson. And uh, I imagine it's about doing things in a small way. What does that mean, Craig? What does it mean? Well, thanks, guys, for having me on. I've uh, been listening for, for a while now. But, yeah, the book, I mean, to be honest, it's never the book I thought I would write. Um, and then I thought I'd, it'd be a book for people that aren't like me, you know, that that don't know what they're supposed to do and maybe are more in the behind the scenes. Uh, and funny kind of thing, as I was writing it, realized, it's kind of the, the book I, I needed to hear, I think, myself. Like, I, I had, I've, I'd say I've run pretty fast. You know, I've been running things for a while. Like, you guys, like. You, you have a software for, company and, uh, or not company, I don't know what you call it. It's a nonprofit for X3 yeah. Watch. You have Triple X Church, and you've, ri- you've had 12 published books. So I'd say, yeah, you're going at a pretty breakneck pace. There's only so much, like, you can run so hard, so fast, so long. And, you know, I just, you know, on the road a lot. All that to say is I, I got sick and couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Ended up in the hospital so many different occasions. And everyone's telling me I'm fine, but yet, you know, I just, I just felt awful. And at the same time, I was supposed to write this book. And we didn't have a, it was the second book with Nelson. And we didn't have an idea for, for what it was supposed to be. And a buddy of mine just says, Craig, what about this idea of ordinary God? And, um, kind of shot me a paragraph and we've written a lot of books together and, and I was like what do you mean because we all want to believe that God's extraordinary God's this big God that um, but when you really look at Jesus's life I think he spent most of his life 30 years like behind the scenes you know spent three years in the in the public eye and in, in his ministry but even that ministry he really just spent time with 12 guys that then he entrusted to kind of change the world but you know it wasn't big all the time and I think we're in a culture that wants us to believe you know go big or go home and yeah i don't know so i just uh the publisher hated the idea of ordinary god because obviously we we can't sell people on the fact that god's ordinary so we landed with this idea of going small and and i think it's it's just this idea of of maybe slowing down um moving out of the way and uh, recognizing the ordinary things being present Um, a lot of things that i think people in our culture today have a tough time with because we're always looking for the next big thing or, you know, we can't just be present um, and accept what's going on now because we might be missing something. You know, I'm sitting face to face with a good friend of mine in New York last July. And I tell him about all my health problems. You know, I, I've gotten a spinal tap, MRIs. They thought I had MS. They thought, you know, and I've never broken a bone, never been in a hospital before last summer. And I said to him, I said, Martin, um, like, what the hell? What's wrong with me? And he says, Craig, what about if nothing's wrong with you? And then he says, John 10, 10, he says, 
You know that verse that says, you must decrease so I can increase. And he just challenged me. He just says, Craig, you think you're needed. You know, and he's like, I'm a lot like you too, where we think things can't go on without us and you've got to be the guy and, and you run around and everyone needs you. And he's like, I just challenge you to, to slow down and move out of the way. And, you know, that was the first time really like somebody's one just not just challenged me, but they've said, hey, stop working like at this pace, you know, because we live in a world that's like you got to work more. You got to do more. And yeah. and he's saying, Craig, like, just slow down for a season. So do you think that was ha- causing your health problems, though, partly stress and is anxiety and stuff like that? Yeah, I think I mean, I still didn't get all the answers. And, um, you know, I'm still that guy that wants to dig into anything. And, and you know, I, I continued in that season to kind of see doctors and different specialists. But I got on a plane back from New York and I remember my wife knew I was meeting with this guy and she asked me like, how was your meeting? And I was like, Oh, you know, I didn't really want to talk about it. Cause if I told her, I think she'd probably agree with him. But on the plane ride, I, I sent Michelle who does all our events and coordinates all our schedules for all the churches we speak at. I just said, and this was in July, I just said, Michelle cancel everything from August to December. <laughs> and and I mean, she's worked for us for 10 years and she's like writes back and she's like this is the best email you've ever sent me and it was kind of funny how she just is like i've been waiting for you to kind of realize this and you know i didn't put an autoresponder on my email that said like i won't be responding emails for four months i didn't you know i still was around i still did things but i let other people lead more i i stayed off the road i coach my daughter's soccer team i uh, you know i just did things that i think were just as meaningful although some people would say hey those are small things and you've got to go you know chase the big thing and uh and so that's really what the book ended up being about so did did your health get better after that i never got like that answer i was looking for from a medical doctor that said hey here's here's what's actually wrong with you i'm still kind of this mystery yeah. but but yeah if something happened i think internally from just um, slowing down and from just taking time to, to be home, um, you know, getting some of that stuff off my plate. Yeah. I mean, the headaches went away, the, uh, just the fatigue, you know, I got energy back. I mean, it was, it was weird how, how, when I kind of look back to it, but I've heard stuff like that. And people have told me things like that, but it's funny. You don't listen to anyone when you're healthy, when you're just going and when you don't have your health, it's like, you don't, you know, what do you, what do you have? And, I mean, I, I freaking recorded a video on my iPhone in Amarillo, Texas, thinking I was dying in the ambulance to my kids, just saying. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Like, wait, yeah, wait. Like, what happened? I mean, how did you end up in the ambulance? I mean, it was like I was in the ambulance like three different times. Like, once again, I've been healthy all my life. And well, Tell so, us about that. What was going well, on that got and, you in the ambulance? And, and just to preface, this had never happened before. You were just totally like everything's okay. And, and, and your whole life, no broken bones, nothing. And then just in the last few years, this happened? Yeah, and guys, I, just to say this before, because there's guys that – like I follow this guy Gary Vee on uh, in Instagram. So, you know, he's this like genius marketer guy. I just unfollowed him yesterday because I was like tired of this guy's all every post is about like I'm on the go again and I'm working my ass off. I'm doing this, <laughs> I'm doing that. And, and then I'm like, I'm tired just listening to you. Yeah. Like, take a freaking break. And you know, I think for so long I looked up to those guys going, Man, how do they do it? And and I think for me, yeah, I'm sitting in Amarillo, Texas one night. I'm speaking the next morning in church. I'm with my buddy at some Holiday Inn Express, and I literally felt like my head was 
I don't know what an aneurysm felt, felt like, but I felt like my head's exploding. And never had happened, no signs of anything like that. And so I was like, dude, you got to call 911. And he's like, why? I was like, I think something's exploding in my head. And I sound crazy, but it was one of those things of like, you know, I had a headache then for the next three months every day. Oh, and man. it was like, you know, uh, my buddy Jake from August Burns Red, I, I was seeing him in Vegas that year on Warp Tour. And he, uh, we're in a cab going to dinner after they played. And we're just, I'm in a cab and I'm like, Jake, it's kind of weird. Like two weeks ago, I went to the hospital in Texas, but I think I might need to go to the hospital again. <laughs> and he's like, he, he, he had a bus call at like 11 and we're supposed to go to dinner. He ends up take, going to the hospital with me. And that's why the guy at the hospital is like, I think you have MS. So now he scares, Golly. you know, he scares me to death thinking like, you know, so anyways, all this stuff. And, and so the book's not like, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Some some stuff I'm writing in the book was just, you know, enjoying the things that guys puts in front of you now, even if you think they're small, they, they maybe life's made up of a, of a bunch of small moments that make a really big life instead of just looking for the big all the time. Well, I think that yeah, makes so sense. It's, it's not like <laughs> as if, you the more big things you do the more satisfied you are that that's just not those two don't necessarily go together so so craig were you able to how, how much were you able to avoid like an antagonistic um approach to the book because obviously you're writing about a subject that a lot of christians esteem and a lot of uh pastors abide by like for me for example i god convicted me because my identity when people asked me how I was doing, the first word that came out of my mouth was busy, and that was a badge of honor. Like, I was just like, oh, you know, man, just super busy. Because I almost wanted to validate, man, I'm a good pastor. You know, I'm killing it. I'm working hard and everything. I was just like, what a bummer. Like, people are asking me how I'm doing, and that's the first thing that I say. But I, I think that's pretty normal in the church world. So, uh, you know, are do you try to shy away from that, or does it just come out subtly, or what? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I— I do think, and it's weird, I don't follow all these pastors and these Christian books, but I just I just got a thing in the mail that was like from Bill Hybel's latest book, and it's called yeah. Simplify. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a better title than mine. You know, it was like, he'll sell more <laughs> books than me. But I mean, you know, but it was like, I, I was reading it, I was like, and, and there's a couple other things that have been across, you know, on my computer that I was like, man, I, I do feel like there's a lot of people that are starting to say in a sense, what I've said here, uh, and not because I said it, but I think, you know, the, we're burned out or we have nothing left in the tank and we're just going too hard. Yeah, well, Craig, you, you definitely are one of those guys that when, and from hanging out with you a little bit, you seem very calm and collected and you have and definitely achieve a lot. Do you, and you said you don't look so much at these other pastors and people like that. And you mentioned that other guy. So, so you basically have taken the path and you follow uh, some of these just successful business people and bloggers and stuff like that. No, I mean, I obviously we're we're invited to churches all the time, and so I, I, like on social media. No offense, like like I like guys. I don't follow many pastors just because I can handle about one sermon a week. I don't need a sermon every hour on Twitter, and I feel like a lot of these guys that are just tweeting out, you know, stuff. I just I'm bored with that, so um, I don't follow all that so closely but i do i mean i i do I'm probably pretty connected in the christian world and, and that stuff yeah. and, and i guess all that to say is like like triple x church we've got i don't know something happened last week on facebook so we're like 
our social media guy said, man, we have 125,000 fans on Facebook. So the moment you think that's awesome, you know, I go to my, I'm on a board for another nonprofit and they got a million point five fans. So it makes, you know, like instead of being excited about what you have now, you're like, that sucks. Like, dude, how do they have a million and a half? And I think when we get involved in those kind of things, you know, about our status or the, our, you know, how popular now our podcast is or this and that, like, I think it just messes with you. And, and, uh, and when it's all about those things, I think we lose sight of it. Like, man, we have a hundred thousand something people that are interested in learning more about what we're saying about pornography. Like that's a blessing. Like, yeah, it's no million, but maybe that's, maybe we'll never have that and that's okay. But I think it's, you know, it's hard to just, when, when you start comparing yourself, you know, cause you'll seem real small right away when you're like, dude, this guy just, just one up me, you know, you're always going to, you're always going to have that. Yeah. i tell you what, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, the very first thing out of your mouth, uh, when you're talking about the book is Jesus becoming more and us becoming less. And I think that's the hardest thing to distinguish yourself from, because honestly, I think a lot of people, they start off with great intentions. They're just like, man, I want to reach more people for the Lord. But then it just is so hard to keep that mixed uh, or, or keep that from being mixed with. And I'm doing a better job if I have a bigger audience. Yep. And if I don't, if my audience isn't growing, then I obviously am not fruitful. And it's just like, man, if we could just all leave that to the Lord. But I mean, I even think that, um, you know, that there's there's certain there's a certain mindset in the church to where people don't even see themselves as um, arrived unless they're the person on stage teaching. You know what I'm saying? There's just like this this thing inside everyone where they're like, I need I need to be that guy or else I'm not even validated as a minister. Right. I know that sounds extreme, but I really do think that's in, in people's heads. Craig, you have a, a really broad experience of what churches are like and pastors and stuff like that. So uh, you speak at churches on Sundays? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we when we started in 2002 nobody would talk about porn on Sunday. Uh-huh. And then you, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. So you actually, yeah. I just want to be clear about this. You go, churches will bring you in to speak and they will even give you a Sunday morning service and you'll do what during that service? Is it a sermon? Do you preach? Yeah. What do you, what do you call so it? So when we started, it's like, we're on New York times. We're on good morning America. No churches cared. It's like, we can't talk about porn on Sundays. You can have Saturday men's breakfasts. And it's like, <laughs> I remember going to Indiana and having a name tag and eight guys around a round table in Huntington, Indiana. And it was like, and my buddy's a comedian. He's like, uh, he wouldn't go with me to save his life. He's like, dude, you're going to that porn and pancakes event. And I was like, we would jokingly call these bad events, porn and pancakes. Cause it was like, it was just the worst event. So I was always like, if we could have Sunday Sundays where the whole church is, and yeah. when we talk about porn, which no one admits that they're actually struggling, we need to talk to the whole church. So what happened in 04 was Rob Bell, Craig Grishel, and and Bill Hybels, like three leaders at the time of big churches, all had us out. And then all these other churches just followed suit. So churches now, you guys, I know, you know, two guys work in churches. So, you know, they're clever. Like we want, you know, the elephant in the pew, the porn pandemic, porn Sunday, porn awareness Sunday sex experiment you know the best <laughs> sex life now i mean their sex is popular now in church so as far as talking <laughs> about it and hopefully doing it but uh so the one porn talk it's kind of like pastors with money they don't want to do the money talk or the porn talk so they'll invite us in 
either for a weekend service or we'll do a weekend service and then do a men's Wait, breakfast. So you're saying that the pastors will have you in to talk about porn, not because you're specialized in the area, but because they don't want to talk about it? Yeah, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Like, what? I mean, you guys, and the reason why, I mean, I like you guys, is <laughs> you're just, you're not afraid to be real. So the fear in the church, and I'm not killing pastors, but it's like, if a pastor says he struggles with porn, there's a good chance he could be fired rather than yeah. like, oh. wow, guys, I struggle with porn and I use uh, okay. the software. And so there's just that culture that need, you know, so it's like. So maybe well, I, the reason then is not because they don't want to talk about it, but they would feel really uncomfortable talking about it because uh, they would feel like they were hiding something because they can't say they do it. And, that, and then therefore they'd feel even funnier about preaching about it. Right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's insecure those, there. It's one of those like and and here's the deal like I know by the the moment I get off the plane I'll I can tell you if it's going to be you know I don't know, say it nicely like if I like the church or not like yeah. if this if the intern picks me up or the youth pastor I'm you know I'm not killing the youth pastor but I like the youth pastor most of the times so but <laughs> I, know, I know that's a whole other story for you guys but yeah the thing with the youth pastor is like that means the senior pastor is gone. So if you're going to yeah. spend the money and bring us in, and I'm only here for one weekend, and I get it, you preach a lot, you have a guest speaker, go away for the weekend, but not this weekend. So right, and it just kind of says that you don't care that much. Like it's more of just a we got to do this. I don't want to even be around when this is going on. Um, or like when the, when the I'm serious, it's fifty fifty, guys. Or the senior pastor picks me up, and you got like me, I, I like you guys. I, I you, you hit the road enough, dude. I'll, I just I'll go to the hotel. I'm fine. I don't need a, a chaperone. I'll, I'll normally travel with somebody from our team, but I'm always up to meet the senior pastor because if he's not going to preach and he's going to sit in four services and listen to me sp speak four times, like he's invested and he's going to be around, and his presence at that church says a lot. That yeah, man, they're going to they're a safe place. You know, the guy that's on vacation when he brings in the porn guy, I just go, dude, it's a bad week to leave. Like people yeah, need to totally. know that this is a safe place and that you can relate. And um, so that's where I'm always like, Oh, who's picking me up. And yeah. uh, it kind of tells you a lot of, of what's going to happen, what that weekend's going to look like. Well, I have a question too, and this is kind of going probably just maybe this is too deep where we're at, but why? Toby wants to know if it's okay to watch porn with your wife. No, I don't. And I, I'm not legalistic. Of course, that's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, the question I have is why are Christians, and, and Craig, I think probably, I mean, I think that's really interesting that, that there are times where a pastor will go, oh, well, here comes the guy who talks about porn. I'll let him handle that. I'm out of here for the weekend or whatever. But why do you think that, that Christians are so hung up on uh, not talking about sex, or that it has to be this big event where here we go, we're gonna talk about sex now. We're gonna bring in the guru, and he, you know, he he's he's dealt with it. So we'll we'll take his. I mean, everybody has sex. We're all here because of it. So what what are you finding out there? That's like when you go to churches or just talk with Christians. And I'm specifically speaking on Christians. Just why is it such a taboo? thing that nobody wants to talk about or feels really uncomfortable about what and everybody i i would say a large amount of christians are looking at porn you know that you've seen that we've seen studies what why is it such so taboo why is it so uncomfortable is that too I mean, huge a question? no no i mean dude we could 
there's not enough time to talk about like yeah. the, the issues that churches like one i mean you turn on fox news and it's like fear it's you know it's it's you know and obviously you know a lot of the church it's fear it's like we're we're scared of so much and i don't know i read this hey by the way we're, we're glad you're here please don't talk shit about fox news <laughs> go ahead <laughs> no i can't <laughs> please like fear God, like, please don't talk shit about them but anyway. okay <laughs> No, but I think church culture is a lot. I I would say it's a lot like Fox News. It's like fear. It's it's fear. We're scared, and everyone else is talking about this. Everyone else is doing this. I mean, my whole other thing is like we're having some of the worst sex out of everybody, and yet we should be having the best sex. And we're scared. We're scared to talk about it. We're scared to talk to our kids about it. We're scared to talk to our church about it. I mean, think about it. None of our parents probably talk to us about it, and our churches. You know, we got to write letters to the youth group parents that we're going to talk about sex It's freaking youth group. You should be talking about that every week. And, yeah, um, totally. and I think church is just like, I don't know if we can do this. And you guys, I mean, the, the elephant in the pew, if I can tell you how many church serve, like churches, it's great how they just like, there's a major theft problem in churches. Like we just steal, like I've done the pink elephant in the pew, the blue elephant in the pew, the, el- the, like we just steal stuff and it's great you know it's like uh, i've done the same series for a church a hundred different times and every time oh man we're this is the first time we've ever done this craig and you know we're this is kansas and you know we're really excited about this but man we got to just ease into it and it's like this is 2014 and you've never thought that you should talk about these things i'm a little bit sick of that too just to interject there and i know it sounds obnoxious and people have their point of view on it but i'm i'm starting to become really sick of the mentality of yes i know you want to change church i know you want to change culture but you just have to work within the system you just have to go really slow i don't i just i don't i almost don't care anymore i just don't think that's necessarily true like you can rock the boat but just a very little bit at a time i don't, i'm not so sure about that i yeah, agree toby actually was telling me in the card i mean I, I thought he made a really good point i don't know how much i agree but he was just like you know he's heard a pastor basically say hey let's keep our mouths shut about how the church needs to change and just do something about it and tell, talk about what's positive until he's just like what kind of bullshit is that like if, if things are going to change then we need to talk about it and i think i think the distinction is are we talking about it from a loving heart and we really care about the church and we consider ourselves a part of the problem or are we from the sidelines saying yep that's messed up that's messed up that's messed up and i'm not doing anything about it well, and that leads me to my next question craig for you is do you get sen- do you ever get censored like do the churches say hey don't say this don't say this or do you get pushback after you speak once again like listening to you guys um you know on your podcast like to me and this is gonna be tough for some people to hear I wish more pastors would preach like this. Cause like, let's be honest. Like, I mean, I don't know, maybe I just have a foul mouth, but I, I, you know, it's like refreshing to hear like how we would just talk over, you know, I say a beer, but I don't drink beer just cause I don't like the taste, but uh, you know, like how we would just talk naturally, but then we got to get the pastor voice. We got to pretend that like, we're just talking this way. And so I don't know. It, like when I talk, there's once again, you come in, there's signs, I kid you not, amount all the church, you know, entrances, today's service, R-rated or PG-13. <laughs> I, my eight-year-old's with me in the front row. And it's like, I, part of me, and I mean, I'm smart enough to never do this, but I just want to cuss them. Yeah, you know? This, this service is R-rated, so I'm going to, so somewhere in the middle of your talk, you want to show a few clips from Wolf of Wall Street. 
<laughs> it's been properly rated, so that wouldn't be a problem. Craig, what's I'm, up, you sick sons of bitches? I'm here to <laughs> preach the word. <laughs> Craig, you, I watched you on uh, that clip on the View where you had uh, Brittany on there and everything, and they asked you, you know, what motivated you to start Triple uh, X Church, and you know, you said how. You were a youth pastor, I think, and, um, you know, this is just the most glaring obstacle, one of the most glaring obstacles in the church, especially amongst youngsters and now with the Internet and all that stuff. What's your story personally on porn like as a high schooler? Did you struggle with it or, you know, do you struggle with it now ever? Or, I mean, it seems like if, if you set out your your triple X church and you stand against it, it seems like you'd have an extra ounce of motivation to stay away from it in addition to, you know, wanting to do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, guys, I've never looked at it. I've never desired it. And I I mean, I'm being as real as... And, so I mean, transparent. I, I mean, that's it. And, you know, let's move on to the next question because uh, <laughs> that's totally fake. Uh, once again, yeah, I'm in this. And I do feel like... I mean, my story just... I wasn't around. I'm in 38, so I wasn't tall enough to get it from a liquor store. And my parents never had it at the house, which kind of sucked. Like my generation, I don't know if you guys ever did this, like the remember like the Spice Channel. And I remember sitting on my remote trying to hit A, B, A, B and just scramble it. And just like, oh, yes, funny. yes, I got it. I got to move. Yeah. And, you know, just that forever. And then seriously, I graduated college without a computer because those they were like $3,000 and, you know, who needed them. And then like I had AOL when we first got married four hours a week or four hours a month. And so it was just. I'd say I escaped because I could barely find it. I mean, I, I remember the first image I saw, and we we hid that magazine and ripped up the pages, divided it, but it was few and far between. I was always attracted to it. I, I yeah, I've stumbled. I, I I've seen porn. I can't say, you know, I've never masturbated. I can't say any of those things. I I would say this though, working in this industry, um, and knowing the people that I know, uh, and and I think Matt, I'd love to hear even Matt's thoughts on this after going to just one show you know every day we see devastation in our inboxes you know i just you guys are working on that book i don't know if you've told your audience yet about it but um you asked yeah, me to are. write the, the forward of, uh for this book and i'm reading these girls stories and you're just heart breaks reading these stories and it gives you a different set of eyes when you're this close to it and you're not dealing with glamour you're dealing with devastation and lives destroyed so you're reminded like every those aren't images or movie files like these are girls and um and this is fake it's you know and so um it is tough though i mean it's yeah craig i'll speak to that going to the show and everything with you uh it it was intense for me but it was funny how it fell away and became more uh obvious what it was and what was fake about it and it in some way more exposure to porn would be helpful. And when I say exposure to porn, I don't mean just in the gratifying sense, but if we had more of the whole picture of what porn is from the porn shows to the devastation that it causes to uh, what the, how the industry really works to people talking about it, people saying who, who looks at it, who doesn't. If we had more comprehensive, uh, in the light, out in the open exposure to porn and the porn industry, I think it could but it, it would be a more balanced and less attractive uh, thing, you know? Yeah. So I, I'd, oh, yeah. I'd say so. I'd say that being there didn't make me want to look at porn more. 
I don't think it did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you know them, when you see that it's more, you know, and, and obviously, too, it's like when you look in their eyes, like, and you just see it's not life. It's not, um, man, it's, it's just so tough that it's like we've sold kind of this giant lie. And I was reading the book, you know, that you guys are putting out. And one of the girls says, you know, I started watching porn so I could learn how to be the perfect girlfriend. And that's where I think like a lot of girls, you know, aren't obviously as visual as guys, but they get into this. It's way more emotional. It's way more deeper. And it's like, man, we're the guys think that's just so awesome that you're going to learn how to do this and do this because being the perfect girlfriend means you'll know how to do it like a porn star. And it's like, ah, no, it's. No, nobody, like, if you could only talk to a porn star, you know, it's like, and find out that this is not. Well, one thing I want to ask is, um, and I want you guys to clarify this, and and, and Craig first, and, and then maybe even Matt, having gone to that. Thanks when, for making all the rules. Sorry, yep. I, I set up a lot of rules before. <laughs> but he, here's the thing, when, uh, to be honest, what you guys are saying is, oh, man, with, with pornography, there's brokenness, there's hurt. There's been a potentially abuse in their lives. It's just they're unhappy. They're unhappy. But I would say most guys that look at porn, they say, oh, man, this girl is giving a great blowjob. Or, man, that girl will have sex any way possible, in any position possible, all that stuff. And all I want to do is masturbate and get done with this and move on. And so why? what, what makes a guy that wants to just get off see what you guys see what what are you guys seeing what, what are you saying what is the brokenness what is that like is it not just a job to them where they're like oh yeah you know i just have sex for a living i get paid good money and it's my job in life like what what is it and you put up rules on that who was allowed to speak first me or Matt? You, you, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you yeah how do you want us to answer it toby <laughs> just use as much profanity as possible and as much talking about <laughs> sexual you know genitals as, as much as you can go ahead <laughs> go <laughs> craig are there some uh are there some balanced porn stars that you've met that do it for money and it's, they're totally that's okay like it's, it's, it's like is there even a difference between male and females i mean are they yes. like, you know yeah. yeah hands down okay so ron jeremy uh 60 years old i mean you guys have seen pictures of ron uh, you know he's known he's he's a short guy, he's overweight right now used to look great you know the photos that uh that you see of him you know he's got a really big penis that's what he's known for but like when i'm with ron we travel college campuses we do this debate ron couldn't if ron was just you know a school teacher like he used to be he couldn't have sex i mean the guy doesn't wear underwear um so he can have sex with whoever he could drop his pants I've been with him at a restaurant, and he's getting a blowjob behind uh, the dumpster by our waitress. Like, it's it's that easy. So Ron loves Good sex. God. And, like, Ron can have sex with great-looking women. He's – he make, you know, it's not about the money. He he loves and enjoys sex. Most of the guys I know in porn, they like it. They would say it's very difficult to do that on camera, and so there is some work involved. But – the guys, it's a double standard. It's like, and so is, you know, a lot of our culture. So it's the guys, it's definitely about sex. For the girls, I don't know one girl that's gotten into this that would say, this is why I wanted to get into it, because I love having sex. It's just yeah. simply not true. The girls get into this for money. I mean, Brittany, when she got into it, she was told it would be rom- romance movies. And, you know, it's family. They'll care for you. And, and if people knew this, I wish porn would just put one disclaimer on every video. And it would be, you know, if people knew the pay schedule for porn stars, it would change what we now think 
is fair game like in our sexual relationships because no girl gets in a porn and says i'll do double anal um or i'll even do anal i mean i met a girl once she says i'm only doing anal because it's a bad economy right now and uh you know it's like she was joking kind of in that statement but it's true like vaginal sex pays 750 bucks on average uh solo sex is like 300 girl on girls like 600 so a lot of girls get into it. it's like i don't want to even have a penis like i just I, you know but then it's like well if i'm going to do this i'll make more money so anal sex is 1500 compared to 750 so oh why have now we sold a culture that anal is like you know it and everyone needs to be doing that and yet the only way you get a porn star to do it is by paying her double and and so that culture and with women it's all about with the porn stars that we know where else can you kind of make that kind of money that quick no education um and so it's just like this it's about money it's not that they love sex it's not at all about sex most of the girls i know in the industry don't even like men in so their real relationships but so that's interesting really? because basically what you're saying there is you're essentially uh pardon the pun penalized for for the penis you know what i'm saying in the porn so so it's at it the money trail shows that the penis and the worst stuff is worse and and they want to avoid it therefore that's why you have to pay more to take it yeah and then i mean you get into when it, you know the the group sex scenes we, we worked with a girl that was houston from the houston 500 she had sex with 500 men in one day and it's like uh, are you serious I mean, yeah yeah, and her daughter, we she lived in Vegas when we lived there. Her daughter was 16, and you know, um, and now her daughter's in college. But at the time, it was like her daughter's being made fun of at school, you know, because there's tapes of her mom. I mean, it's just like, it's just, it's a brutal, because it, you don't think when I do that now with the internet, that's never going away. So I think right. when you're watching porn, I, I don't know if I can tell you anything that's going to say, hey, no, exactly, you got to stop today. I guess what... What I'm more concerned about now after reading the book that, that you guys are going to put out is that girls are looking at porn different than guys. Girls are looking at porn and realizing if they want to compete or be in bed with somebody that this is how they have to have sex. And we're not learning about real sex. We're learning about sex through porn. And if they would just talk to these girls and say, like, dude, I wouldn't do this in my dating life. You know, and that's the part where I wish on their disclaimer on these videos, it just says, guys, don't do this at home. I mean, this isn't, uh, you know, this is unsafe. I mean, uh, there's a, I don't want to be too filthy, but I don't know, it's by bad Christian, Christian podcast. So there's a uh, documentary. Say anything. <laughs> there's, a, there's a documentary about our ministry the first three years. Um, so we're talking 2002 to 2005. Like, uh, you can get it on Netflix and wherever it's called missionary positions it's uh it's done by a guy that followed us around for three years it's pretty hysterical when you look at like we didn't know what the hell we we're doing we still don't know but we're just um this guy filmed the documentary he's not a believer he goes i think i need to go to a porn set and to really see what you guys are doing and we're like we're not going with you like enjoy like so, <laughs> so he thinks like that's gonna be we're like that's not even gonna make the movie that you're making about us so anyways he goes to the porn set with one of the our friends that we knew that was making porn and he gets there and it's fascinating because he brings his camera and just assuming that not all your audience is going to go watch the movie. I'll, I'll spoil it for you. It's just one scene in the movie where he's shooting this and he blurs it out because the, the movies are rated. So he blurs out the, the sex. You hear the producer call out 
now I need an ATM. And they're not talking about cash withdrawal. They're talking about going from your ass to your mouth. And uh, so he's doing in the girl's butt, and then he takes it out and puts it in her mouth. And you see kind of the girl kind of just kind of wonder, like, I don't know if she signed up for that or that's what they're doing. So they, they call cut on the film, and they get it. And then Bill follows this girl to the trash can, and she barfs. And it's like one of the most powerful scenes like you're never going to see in a porno, like the behind the scenes, because it would ruin it if you saw the girl barfing. But when you cut that up and make it a video and now you're like, ATM, that's awesome. And, you know, it's like, no, the freaking girl barfs because it's not healthy. It's not meant to go from there to there. Like, and people aren't smart enough watching porn. So I just say, if you're all watching porn, I hope you're not like, be smart that this isn't real sex that you should be, you know, trying to duplicate in your in your sexual relationship. Craig, what are the statistics as far as how many people look at it and women looking at it and Christians looking at it? Do you have that information? Yeah, I mean, it's like 40, you know, f- there's some great, like if you go to Triple X Church, the stats page, there's some great infographics that we stole from other people and posted because uh, we're not cool enough to, to actually do research. So um, something like 40 million people a day log on to sites. Utah on Sundays is the most popular place to look at porn, which I find is like fascinating. It it's is. uh which kind of says it's it doesn't matter what you believe or not believe, like people are interested. The uh one third of people looking at porn right now are women. And so that's a whole wow. new market. And then the newest thing now, like um which is you know the webcams, the I mean there's just now there's a device now that's a a vagina mold that hooks up to your iPod that you can interact with the porn and be doing. It's like, where are we going to, where are we going to stop? It's like, it's not good enough to just, I was fine. The scrambling spice channel and maybe getting a boob, you know, like that was enough. Now it's like, no, now I need a device. that's dishwasher safe. That's going to hook up to my iPod. That's going to put my penis in. And then I'm going to call out what I want in porn. Like, I just feel like it's, they're trying to do everything to match up that of a live experience. And the sad thing is like a lot of people are opting for this rather than, you know, a live experience with your, with your, uh, with your partner, which I just go, man, sex is so much better, you know, with, well, without any of this. Well, you know what yeah. I want to bring together highlight here. And then I want to move on from talking about this filthy shit. Um, is exactly the fact that uh, basically, Craig, all the stuff and all the detail that you're saying is making us and the listeners and everybody a little bit uncomfortable because it is uncomfortable to talk about and hear. And so most people, most Christians, where they would go is about well before they got to talking about ATM and this other stuff would just be like, all that stuff's evil. It's bad. It's nasty. I don't even want to hear about it. I don't even want to know. That guy Craig is even crazy for thinking about or talking about or being that involved in the industry. That's kind of the impulse. But what you're not saying and where you go that I th- think is really interesting is the people, the producers, these girls, these actresses, the workers are also still people that you know about, like, possibly even respect and care about. And that's the the, the interesting thing is generally with our Christian culture we go, oh, I want to stay so far away from that stuff that, of course, I would never know or interact with the people involved. Meanwhile, they still would watch the video. So where you're at is a very uncomfortable place because you have to hang out with and talk to these people and 
see the disgusting side about it. And it's not you're, what you're basically saying here is you're not condemning the individual, right? Like you don't feel like you hate porn stars, correct? No, I, no, and I think it's and that's where I mean you were with us on the showroom floor. It's like mm-hmm. how can you fault the girl that's like barfing in the trash can? Like you have more compassion for her that man at the end of the day is trying to support her kid or, or you know she's 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 more lost in this than that that kid watching this on a screen thinking it's it's real it's like i I feel like both those things like yeah we want to point to well they're doing it so they're worse off well okay like you're you're starring in it but you're watching these videos so i think our heart and our compassion is for both you know that's why i think our ministry deals with the consumer the producer and the performer and what we've realized is they all share the similar conflict. They're not that different, is what you're saying. No, the producer, it's like the when performer when, when, and you consumers out there all pretty. Yeah, similar. it's like that that verse in Romans when Paul says, "I do what I don't want to do." Like I'm telling you, I haven't met a porn star that's told me this is what I wanted to do. Just like I don't meet many addicts that go, "Man, I love it." Like they're, you know, they don't want to be in that place. You know, Ron Jeremy has his master's degree in special education. He wanted to be you know, on Broadway or in, in Hollywood movies. And at the time when he started, they f- shot porn on film. And so he thought that would be his way in. So it's not his first, it's nobody's first choice. And so our heart of like compassion for those people in that industry is like, man, we're not, you know, it's that fine line because we're, we're here with you, whether you're in this or out of this, but we'd love to see you live in a life that's fulfilled. And it's uh, it's tough when you, you know, so they're some of the most honest people that you'll meet because they're they're in this world that is just man, it's brutal. It's a brutal world inside that industry, and it's just some great opportunities for us to to show up in their space. Um, so yeah, I'm not trying to just <laughs> gross out, no, I, but it's like real stuff that it's like man. If no, we I just appreciate knew this stuff, it. I'm just I'm just yeah, no, totally. say, noting that, but I do appreciate. Hey, it. Matt posted. Well, could I picture. be one of the filthiest podcasts that you've had? Could could that be star R rated? That can you make a disclaimer before people listen to this podcast that this is R rated? Hey, yeah, are, are you saying you're trying to be the worst on the Bad Christian podcast? <laughs> no, I'm goal? just asking. Am I, am I going to get a church disclaimer? <laughs> but Matt, hey, welcome to the back. This is uh, this is a tough one. So we're you know what's funny is we started this podcast with making disclaimers and then we just stopped. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't help. Hey, how many uh, porn stars do you run into that would? Uh, claim to be Christian because Matt posted a video and we were talking about this today, Joey and I, uh, in our staff meeting. What was the name of the porn star? What was her name? Sheena. You posted uh, a and video and she was just saying that she is a porn star, but she feels God has called her kind of into that. And I, industry. I thought and, it was. I thought but, it was a very um, totally says she's a Christian, but at the same time is totally fine with being in pornography right now. Uh, it feels like a blind spot to us, but I mean, how many uh, these porn stars do you meet that are just, yeah, I'm a Christian, yeah, this is just my job. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, and once again, when you meet a porn star and they tell you, you know, first time when we meet, you know, anyone in the industry, it's like, what's your real name? Because like, once again, when you post a video to your porn fans in your porn name, you're in character, you know. Yeah. So it's like. We don't care about the character. We want to know who you really are. So it's like when when people will throw in, you know, our face, well, this girl that you said loves Jesus, look what she said about porn. It's like, yeah, and when they're working and they're in that character mode, like, um, man, like 
that's not who they really are. So like this particular girl, Sheena, I mean, Matt, Matt was there with us like this. She's working a booth and she goes out of her way to make her own YouTube video about basically how great our team of girls were that served her all weekend. And in it, she says, I have a Bible verse on my back and I know who Jesus is. And I believe that Jesus is the only one that's gotten me through this industry. And so when we posted that video, I mean, all hell broke loose. And that's why I sent it to Matt. I was like, post this because see if, you know, I think even your, your audience is, is, I was like, oh, they would get it. But then I even saw in your comments, it's like people want to assume that we posted that video and we're looking for a Bible school lesson from a porn star. Yeah, it makes people uncomfortable. Oh. So the, the, the main thing that they want to say about that is, okay, but of course she can't be because it's sin. And so therefore she she can't, something has to give. She can't be Christian and a porn star because you can't sin and be Christian. And so yeah, that's some people's thought. And then other than that, you have people that maybe kind of get it, but they want to be very careful to distance themselves so as not to condone it. Because what if my Facebook comment lets another girl think it's totally fine to uh, be in the church choir and in porn? Because what if my YouTube comment yeah. didn't put enough distance between me and condoning this girl, which is not necessary, I should say. Yeah, and everybody, you know, the biggest comments on that on that post, and I was just more embarrassed of uh, you know of our audience. You know, I was tired of hearing the story about the woman at the well because in that instance <laughs> i know people love we, that people love that the end of the story like, no, what is going to no more, more you filthy whore <laughs> yeah that's they love that but it's like dude read the whole freaking story the story yeah. is he without sin cast the first stone they all put the rocks down and went home and then that was jesus's moment with her and that's what people wanted to make sure hey brother craig are you are making sure you did tell her that she's wrong in her theology no guess what she posted a great video about how nice we were we sent her an even sweeter care package, and now she talks to Michelle, who's like the godliest woman I know on her team that cares and prays for more people than you know, I would ever do. And then Michelle and her have each other's phone numbers, and now they're talking. Michelle sent her a crap load of books that are you – know, we'd all agree with the theology there. And like we can only hope and pray. We have a relationship, and this is long term. This isn't – like I hate Kirk Cameron and Ray Comfort. Like, yeah, I, I, like through those guys. I man. just can't stand, and they hate me. So I, I don't have mind saying I hate them. <laughs> they don't like us, and so we don't like them. And then they Why talk not? about us. Why don't they like y'all? Y'all talk about sex and. Well, no, we well we have certain things, and we hang out with porn stars. And here's the thing: they'll never have us on the podcast. They actually take clips from us and play it on their podcast. I even called in their message line and they played that, but they'll never have me on. So <laughs> if they're listening, guys, I don't like you at all. But anyways, they think that you need to preach everyone that you meet. You need to talk to about Jesus in three minutes or less and wrap it up. And it's Always like, be closing. and it's like bullshit. Like that's not true. Three minutes. It takes three years. It can take three months. And what Sheena, give us time. Like, let us have that relationship and not put pressure on her. If she's talking about us right now on YouTube while she's in porn, when she wants out of porn, when she's, you know, like, it's going to be there that she knows these people care for her. And that's where I feel like we're not all closers. Like, and it's like, I had one pastor with, I won't say who, but he had me and Ron up on stage. So I got to give him props for like 
having me and Ron Jeremy on stage on a Sunday. That's ballsy because Ron's still in porn, and most guys would never do it. So this guy did. But we're in the green room, and he said to me, and I've known Ron for eight years. Like We talk a lot about the Lord. I was there the night Ron had an aneurysm in his heart and almost died. He asked me for prayer. Like, Dude, I, I'm with this guy and connected, and like this is long-term, like, you know, this isn't just overnight. He says, so we're going to talk about Ron. And the thing about Ron's story, why no one would have him most of the time at church, is there's no clothes. There's no, I've surrendered my life, given it to Jesus. So we don't like those stories in the church because, you know, even though that represents most people out there in church that, you know, are out there on the on the fences, we want the, you know, I mean, Brittany's story is great. And that's embraced because it's like she left and she accepted Jesus Triple X Church, wow, you did a good job. But the ones that are in the middle, we don't like those as much. So this guy says to me, Craig, at the end of the time where you're talking to Ron, uh, why don't I just give Ron the chance to accept Jesus and ask the Lord to be a Savior and invite him into his heart on stage? Right, 645. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that sounds (laughs) like a dumb idea. And then I was like, you like me, and you've had our ministry at your church before. Now that just says to me, Craig, yeah, you've been hanging for eight years, but you don't know how to finish. So... And then I was like, absolutely not. And then I was well, not like, not to mention that he might have wanted the, you know, wanted the credit on that one or the clothes. No, like, I know he did. It, I know he did. He wanted like he wanted the he wanted the heavenly co- commission on that one. <laughs> yeah, he wanted the clothes. Like <laughs> then I jokingly was like, and would you plan on doing that four times since there's four services to like? It was just <laughs> one, it was like, you know, I don't know. I just feel like once again, it's not so like Sheena. It's. We value that relationship and the trust and the fact that people would respect us enough to, you know, entrust us. And, and uh, I just embarrassed sometimes of, uh, of the Kirk Camerons that are like, dude, you got to finish. You got to you got to just and then you got to move on. If they're not interested, it's like, well, you're going to hell, like move on. And I, I just like, man, people want more of our time and people deserve more than three minutes. Totally. I, I don't I don't I can't even believe people would think that that to seal your fate forever and that you would decide that there is a God and all this stuff that it would just be this one time prayer and that from then on you would sin no more. Like I, I thoroughly believe Jesus said that a, a few times in the Bible, go and sin no more. I really believe that those people sinned again and what he was saying was you need me. You, I mean, you can't do this life without me. You can't. But I wanted to go back to to your point of talking a, a, about that video was that uh, we actually had uh, – we, we talked about this in our staff meeting, and that's one of the cool things about our church. I do believe they are open to letting us talk about things, even if we disagree, uh, to talk about things. But I thought uh, two of the ladies in our, in our uh, meeting that this is where she's at. She's at this point where she believes in Jesus. She knows she needs him. And, and she has sin in her life. Regardless, it, it, take away the porn, she has tons of sin in her life. So why would we take this one and make it all-encompassing, the biggest sin on earth? Well, how about this question? Do you think it's possible that five years from now, Joey or Craig could be convicted of a sin that's in their life? Right? Is that possible? Yep. Okay, that, yep. well, that means right now you're not a Christian. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, my 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 assumption would be that there is a very good chance that Sheena has accepted Christ and that the Holy Spirit lives inside of her right now and that the Lord is gradually doing a work in her life, exactly like Lecrae last week basically said that, you know, some of the rap stars out there that talk about Jesus and then talk about, you know, womanizing 
in the same breath, there's they very well could be Christians that God's working on. I mean, it's just like, and and what's so concerning in what you guys are saying is, why does the church have to be the police? Like, why can't we just set out to love and let God just figure it yeah, out? So I basically, mean, and, those people are okay. So they're okay. So maybe they are Christian, but they got something wrong. Right. Yeah. yeah they. They exactly. So, they I mean, got, so we got we got to everybody stop everything because somebody has something wrong. You know, I just want to say, I don't know if we're moving on to another topic or not, Craig, but I I want to tip my hat to you, man, because you've been doing this for a long time. And so that's 12 years of flack, 12 years of pushback, 12 years of people saying horrible things about you. And, um, you know, when I watched that episode, when I watched the five minute clip of, of you and uh, Brittany on The View, I mean, it it seriously br- brought tears to my eyes and that lump in my throat and. Lord, maybe I did cry a little bit because it just blows my mind of just how simple your answer to the question was as far as what was your approach to Brittany, and that just blew me away, man. I mean, it just blew me away that... <laughs> what are you laughing at me? I, I, I'm not laughing. I'm, I can't I can't talk without crying right now. It just blows my mind. Oh, you actually are crying? <laughs> I was, I'm actually laughing at you. I didn't realize you were crying. I thought you were laughing. Sorry, I didn't know you were crying right now. This is a kind of an emotional moment. So sorry, I was going to make a joke, and now I didn't realize you're crying, so I won't make that joke. <laughs> and well, you guys, I, here's what I, I really say. Oh. Let me say this because I'm not just kissing your ass either. Because uh, you know when I you guys had Carl on our team, and I made fun of you guys because I was like, I listened to the podcast. What the why is Carl on? And so then I got <laughs> I was like, and then there are, you know guys on our team were like, Craig, you said you don't do podcasts. I was like, yeah, like crappy podcast, but this one's good. And uh, <laughs> so, um, anyways. So I got Carl's into, awesome though. Carl's no, he's a good great. Kid. Yeah, but I was just like, he did a good job. But um, I got in touch with Matt because I'm saying this, and I don't know if your listeners like this is more than just you guys being cool. Like what you're doing. Like we started in 2001. Well, we launched in 02, right at the same time. And and I'm not here to talk crap at all about Relevant Magazine, but like in 2001, there was nothing out there like Triple X Church. There was nothing out there like Relevant. You know, and it was like wow, there's something new. And I think both of these things were like refreshing and, you know, sure. I'll say it. I, I think relevance like campus life now it's, it's not, you know, yeah. as you know, it's not whatever. They had a great chance to, to be something really great. Um, now they're making money and it's a magazine. So like for you guys, it's like, I don't see that you guys are selling out or trying to be like, just continue to be who you guys are. And I know you're trying to get sponsors and trying to get people to, I think all that's going to come, but I think, the biggest thing I see in you guys is, and why we wanted to, you know, get behind you for X3 Watch is because you're believable. And, you know, when I hear you guys interview guests that talk about the Lord in some crazy ways, you know, then like, I'm just overly impressed by like your grounded faith in like the truth, but then also how you approach people that don't hold these values. And I don't know, man, it's just, there's nothing like what you guys are doing. Like, sure, we call ourselves a church and we're triple X church, but we're we deal with porn and sex. Like what you guys are doing, I feel like in this space right now, like there's there's nobody to compare you guys to. And I would just say, I know it's hard, it's a grind. You know, the hours that you guys are putting in this, it hasn't paid off yet. But guys, yeah, don't don't sell out, first of all. But then and I don't worry about that, but I just go, man, you guys are on to something, and that's why there's so many people listening because it's not bullshit. It's not fake. It's not um, preach. It's just, it's real life and it's approachable and it's something that you want 
I want to associate with these guys, the three of you that follow the same Jesus instead of like, oh, that schmuck, like, I don't, I don't know. We, yeah, we serve the same God, but we're nothing alike. And so I, I just think, man, it's, um, and you guys aren't paying me to say that. Like, I just, um, I just, man, think it's, it's, it's great what you're doing. So damn it, Craig. Now we're all crying. You son of a bitch. <laughs> the, the news statement sucks. Your news can work, but and that, well, I mean, I honestly, I really appreciate no, that. That means a lot. I, I mean, sure. that, that means more than you probably even realize. And, and we do, uh, I, I really believe what you're trying to do. What I, I believe a lot of Christians really want is just authenticity. Hey, let's, let's, I want my, my faith to be real. I don't want it to be somebody who's just telling me something. I want it to be real where I can decide and I know and it's mine. And I just really appreciate that, man. And, and uh, what you would say to, to say that even about us, it does make us probably pretty emotional because we're, we're pretty lighthearted here. And, and to say something like that uh, really means a lot to us. But uh, thank you so much, man. We really, honestly, great, great podcast. We really appreciate you being on here for sure. And, and we'll let you get off of here for sure. But um yeah can i say two things yeah so for sure when you, when you do la i request at my house so i know you guys are doing the, the bad christian podcast night so i i, I want to take when you guys are in la i want i want first dibs on that and then second thing yeah we talked about the book first i just gotta say because uh gosmallbook.com i have no mark they have the publisher cheap they have no marketing budget i convinced them to buy a car it's turns out it's the dumbest idea that i probably ever had but we have a um, because you know they wanted to spend money advertising. I was like, we can't go big on a book called Go Small. So we bought the smallest car in the country. It's blue. It's a smart car. It's worth like twelve thousand dollars. I've driven it like two thousand miles. So let's say it's worth ten or whatever. But if you buy the book before the end of the day on Monday, which is today when this podcast comes out, um, all you have to do is upload your receipt to GoSmallBook.com. You can win the car and. That's you're it. gonna draw it's one at a, random of somebody who pre-ordered or bought the book by the release day, and then they're gonna win the car itself. They won't let me pick it because then, like, they know I'm a cheater and you know I steal things. So I would just like, oh, I picked my wife one or my kid. Are <laughs> so, Toby and I yeah, eligible for it? You are. Everyone is eligible as long as you don't work for us. Nice. Um, and well, that could be really good for Toby or I to win the car. So, I mean, obviously, it'd be no issue with Joey because Joey can't I mean, fit in that Clearly, car. he couldn't fit. He couldn't fit no. in it, no. And and you can. There's a sweepstake company they made us hire, and they picked the winner. But I'll just tell you, I think people don't believe it because it's like you're not really given a car, so like there's hardly any entries. So I was telling some friends, I'm like, no, seriously, guys, someone's gonna win this car. It didn't really work, but neither would like a full page ad in some lame Christian magazine. So at least we get to give a car to somebody. That's so cool. buy the book. So it's if you low want entry, so you have a good chance of winning. You got a good chance of winning. Um, nice. Even if you can fit in the car or not, but. Um, but yeah, maybe the Joey that would be a you know encouragement to lose some weight if you got the car. Shut yeah. up, Craig. No, no one's ever written a book that the title, no title of a book has ever been more appropriate for Joey than yeah. Go Small. So, <laughs> anyway, Craig, Craig Gross. Make sure you go to CraigGross.com. Triple X. Check Church, out the new book. X3 go Watch. Small. Triple X. Church. X3 I, I Watch backslash Bad Christian and get your discount because that's what these guys will tell you. That's right. Totally, and thanks, totally. thanks for doing the extra watch stuff, guys. It's been cool to hear. No, no thank for you, sure. guys. We, we we really do support you guys, and and honestly, man, this is a great podcast. I feel I feel like I laughed and I cried a little bit, so that's that's a lot for sure. So, thank you for being on the show, Craig. Thanks, man.
Oh, man, that was good. Thank you, Craig, for being here. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I seriously got a little emotional. He said some really nice stuff about us, and I can't help it. As, I got, as I've gotten older, I get emotional more when people say nice things and compliment us. And Y'all I, are weak. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I really <laughs> do believe that. I was, I was utterly unmoved. Yeah, surprise, <laughs> surprise there. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, did you ever see the movie Steel Magnolias? Um, what is it? Bette Midler, That's Dolly Parton, right? Yeah, Dolly Parton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? Yeah, yeah. Did that? Did that emotionally? That is. Well, I was talking about that last. Barbara night Streisand in it? I don't think so. I don't know. No, she was not. I'm thinking of Beaches. Yeah. No, I don't think she was. <laughs> she in Beaches? I don't know. <laughs> um, I, that was the first movie where I cried as a as a human. I don't like, know if movies, I've seen that movies can definitely make me cry. Forrest Gump, no matter what, I watch it a million times. I cry every time. And then Legends of the Fall also. I cry all the time in it, every time. Yeah, where he kills the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very old man laugh, and I, I can't stop. I was just going to say it's really, it's really, it's really, My laugh is making me laugh. You're hurting our podcast by making us sound super The old. only thing we need right now is some truth. You guys want some truth? Matt, do you need some truth? For me, essentially, every time when we get to the news, if it's been emotional, it's been emotional roller coaster, if things have been up, things have been down, uh, I always look forward to it. Basically, right when the music starts, I feel all calm. So let's hit it. I enjoy I enjoy this every time. Here we go. Three weak-ass news stories. Welcome to News with Toby. And what the hell is this shit? Damn it! To put us <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> what the hell, Joey? How did you do that? Joey, how did you sneak that in there? Well, you know, I got connections. I got capital connections, and uh, I have capital. (laughs) What does that mean, capital? All right, what does that mean? How did you sneak that in there? You subbed that in my sound effects, you bastard! All right, let's listen to that again. Let's hear the song there. That was Joey. That's that's you singing. (laughs) Let's hear this again. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to it. Three weak ass news stories. Welcome to news with Toby. Good job, Joey. Thanks, that is man. very good. I appreciate man, it. That, I don't know how to take that. And Toby, I'm gonna I give you credit on that. That is good. It, it's 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 hard to understand. Like sometimes <laughs> you feel different ways. Like I'm unbelievably offended, but also I respect you. <laughs> I, damn it, I respect that. Well, yeah, Toby, I, I just want to damn say, it, I respect. Toby, that. I do want to say though, man. All joking aside. I do feel that way. Like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it does put me to sleep. All right. This Let's comes from the Huffington it. Post. And, uh, you know, we just had Craig on. Uh, I thought this was an appropriate news story. really did. Well, I'm glad you're not shooting for an inappropriate news story. I've never done that before. Karen Dilworth, which is a terrible <laughs> last name. <laughs> We're making fun of just a woman's name now. That's pretty <laughs> terrible. In my way news. to go, Dilworth. Yeah, way to go, Dilworth. Karen Dilworth. <laughs> she's su- wrong with you. She's all? suspected of masturbating in public on a motorcycle. <laughs> she's suspected. <laughs> nice going, Dilworth. Yeah, smooth move, Dilworth. Her picture is unbelievable. I wish I could see that. Look it up on the Huffington Post, by the way. A Florida woman. On a m- motorcycle? Yep. Is that illegal? Well, I have I think if you masturbate in public, it is illegal. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm going to go ahead and skip on through here. Karen Dilworth, who is 50 years old of Ormond Beach, was arrested Saturday night after neighbors told police they saw her sitting backward 
She wasn't forward. She was going wild. Uh-huh. Engaging in a sexual act of self-gratification self-gratifi- <laughs> <laughs> is what uh, WESH.com reports. The garage door was open, and several neighbors said they witnessed the alleged display, including a 13-year-old boy saw it. Dang. Dilworth. Dilworth. Way to go, Dilworth. Dilworth. A Michigan resident was wearing a dress but was naked from the waist down. <laughs> Neighbor Catherine Marriott told police that the, that the suspect was leaning backwards and her legs were spread apart. Another neighbor, Nicholas McGray, told the cops that when he saw the woman's alleged public masturbation, he yelled <laughs> at her and, <laughs> and shut the door. <laughs> so uh, when, the, when the police questioned Dilworth, she denied that she was masturbating and said she was just smoking and drinking in her garage. Wow. What, what do, do you, you think? Do you think she was? I believe she probably was masturbating. <laughs> Toby, I'm going to have to say that this news was, you know, sometimes I give you a really hard time, but deep down inside I'm like, you know what, Toby's pretty good at this. I mean, you I'm love s- me. I, I love you, but, I, I, you know, this news episode was just horrible. It wasn't horrible. It just really was. It, actually, it was. It wasn't moving. It wasn't super informative. I don't think you spent a lot of time on it. Y- no. My complaint is, is I just think that you're not taking this job serious enough. Hmm. I think you think you can probably hmm. throw, it, throw something together last minute. And it's not showing respect to our listeners huh. who could easily go to Bill O'Reilly in one hour and Why watch Why would him. you choose Bill O'Reilly as the source? Well, because it's it's legitimate news. This, to me, was just a little bit. I told you about Karen Dilworth. Right. So with all the bad things in this world right now, you talk about a woman who masturbated in public. Joey, when you think of actual reliable news, the first thing you think of is Bill O'Reilly? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't. But, uh, name name some good. more credible news sources then, Joey, that you get your yeah. news from. Name the top five news sources in the world. Uh, Fox News, <laughs> CNN. <laughs> name other those. other than Bill Riley. That, that's where I get all my news from. Keep other going. than Bill O'Reilly, Joey, name some other broadcaster. Yeah, name a. a Na- I mean, there's Toby Morrell, there's Bill O'Reilly. Name some more. Connie yeah. Chung. No. Connie Chung. Paul Zahn. Didn't you say any from any from since the nineties? Definitely did. I had a crush on Paul Zahn. Joey sure. lusted after Paul. How about right now? And na- name any other name any current newscaster other than any, O'Reilly. Yeah, than Bill O'Reilly. Um, I don't know. To- you it's are Toby Morrell, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> so, Gre- Greta Van Susteren. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy Grace. Uh, Brian Williams. <laughs> you know, I do not watch the news at all. I don't watch it. I don't. You read don't. It. It's because you. Then you, on what basis do you have to criticize Toby's news? Then yeah, is what I'm saying. Who are you? It, I mean, yeah, he's no Connie Chung. Yeah, but I listen to She's speakers. She's from the 1980s. I watch people live. Toby Connie doesn't do it well. Chung. I don't live well. No, you don't talk well. You don't. You don't interact with people well. You don't eat well. You don't commit well. <laughs> Why do you think that you're so funny, man? Why do you think you can just really bash on my news and hurt my feelings? Like, do I ever say anything that would make you look bad or say anything that's hurtful to you? I want to be done with my news right now, man. Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, you know, the news is, I mean, if that's all that's happening in the world, which I trust that it is, since that's what we got reported. Can I add something to the news story? Thank you for the news with Toby. Okay. (laughs) Very good job. I mean, you know, I. Like, like Joey makes a pretty good point. Why Why did Toby miss the fact that there is a new movie coming out? called Exodus, 
Gods and Kings, a story on Moses, and know who is starring Moses? Christian who? Bale. Now, mm. that's interesting. That that's is interesting. interesting, and it probably would give us a lot to talk about. So I'm going to have to say in a general way that, I mean, is I agree with Joey. Maybe we could have some more stories that, like, matter yeah it's in all some bullshit ways. stories but 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 at the same time i think today's news obviously got off to a, a start that it did because of the you know the hijacking of the music like well, without the music to set the tone it is harder to there'll get be into more the talk about this news than some of the ones in the past because of that intro well you might be right about that i really did think it was awesome when we did the live podcast people brought food for <laughs> <laughs> They knew he couldn't make it. <laughs> hey, you know, we never did do this, but you guys said that in Portland, after we did Seattle and Portland, y'all said, we've got to have just a huge thing of food in front of Joey, and I just constantly eat it the whole time and not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so awesome. I, I did think it was funny, though. You you said this, that people actually did not recognize you because they assumed you were, like, morbidly obese. Right. <laughs> Even though I've said that a million times on the on the podcast. Yes, so you know that's saying that's basically saying that people really think you and Matt are assholes. Well, I know that means that yeah. they believe they think that they must miss a lot of our humor. In which case, they just listen to the podcast where we're really stupid and really jerks. Yeah, well, if you yeah, don't, they, you know, they don't they don't hear funny; they hear mean. You know, but I've told people that I'm just joking because I'm actually larger than you. I'm fatter than you, and I make jokes because I just think it's funny. I don't want you to say that about yourself, man. You're not a fat ass. I didn't say that. 